The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Father, it is our wish that everyone here in this room would know that they are not alone. And God, we thank you that because of who you are, you, a Father of compassion, a God of all comfort, one who is our defender and a faithful God, who's intimately acquainted with all of our ways. Lord, we pray that everyone in this room will know your presence and your precious Holy Spirit and the imminence, the closeness of Jesus, the risen Lord, even on this day when we celebrate his death. O Christ, Would you be present? We pray in your name. Amen. Yesterday, I was at the Dollar Tree store, just uh, blocks from here, buying a pair of $1.25 sunglasses. And half the church was there. (laughs) And as I was checking out, I overheard a woman at the cash register say something to the effect of, all you've got is Easter. How come there are no Passover, happy Passover cards? And she walked out. And I walked out right with her because I paid for my sunglasses. And outside, she muttered something to me that was of the effect that, you know, not everybody's the same. And I said, no, we live in a a country that is very multicultural. And then I said to her, happy Passover. And she said, happy Easter. And by that time, we had got to our cars about 50 feet apart. And then she turned before she got in and she said, you know, we all worship the same God. And I didn't know how to respond. We all worship the same God. And I got in my truck and I sat there for a while thinking about that. And I thought, I thought about Galatians that we're preaching through and how Paul in chapter 3 has written that if there was a way of, require, of, of meeting the requirements of the law, if there was a way of being justified before God in, in our own law, in our own works, in our own means, He says, then then Christ died needlessly. Jesus died for no reason. What we're doing today on Good Friday has no significance, really. Oh, how I wanted to talk to this woman longer, and it just, the moment passed on that Thursday afternoon in the Dollar Tree parking lot. Passover and Easter line up this year, like so often in many years they do. Tonight begins Passover, commemorating that incredible event in the Old Testament where God's people were slaves in Egypt, and God raised up Moses, who who went to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh would not let God's people go. And so God, through Moses, brought about plague after plague 
all kinds of things that were decimating the country of Egypt until the final straw came when Moses went into the court of Pharaoh and he said, God says, let my people go, and if you do not let my people go, I will strike down the firstborn of every Egyptian home. And God instructed Moses to have every Israelite family take a little lamb from their flock and and slit its throat and sacrifice it and take the blood and put the blood on the doorframe of their home. And that night when the angel of death was sent upon every home where there was no blood on the doorposts of that home, the firstborn child was killed. Awful. But on every home where the blood was sprinkled, that angel of death passed over that home and spared everyone therein. And the very next morning, the Egyptians begged the Israelites to leave, and Pharaoh said, go. And so it became a festival for Israel ever since that time where they celebrated with unleavened bread because they they left in haste and where they celebrate with a lamb that has been chosen by the family and they and they leave and they live in tents little booths because of the fact that they were in the wilderness for so long at the time of jesus they were still celebrating passover in fact jesus was in the city of jerusalem on Passover when he inaugurated the meal that we as Christians honor in taking bread and cup, the Lord's Supper. And in the time of Jesus, every family that pilgrimed toward Jerusalem would have, would have chosen or bought a little lamb, and they would have lined up at the temple, and they would have had one representative of each family have that lamb in arms and, and go right into the temple where the priests would receive that little animal, and then they would, would do the same thing, that the family would lay its hands on that, a transference of guilt, a substitute for sin and shame and then that animal would be killed. And the inner parts would be burned on the altar as a sacrifice, an aroma pleasing to God, knowing that sinners were seeking atonement. And the blood would be sprinkled on the altar, and the carcass would be hung and skinned, and the meat would be then given back to the representative of the family who would then go home and they would prepare the meal the Passover meal, and they would share it together. And then it all stopped in 70 A.D. because the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. And then the rabbis of the Jewish faith community had a a dilemma on their hands. How would they observe temple worship? How would they observe sacrificial ritual? What would happen now? And there were various schools of thought. Some rabbis taught that you could, you could have the father of the home be kind of like a priest and, and, and each of these things could be done in homes. And others said, no, no, that cannot be done. It has to be at the temple site. It has to be with a, high pri- a priest. I mean, it has to be with a sacrifice of an animal and so on. And the school that kind of won out was the fact that the school that believed that until Messiah comes, until Messiah comes and the temple is rebuilt, there will be no more animal sacrifices. 
And in place of that ritual animal sacrifice that is taught so much in the Old Testament and was practiced up until 70 AD, there are things like prayers and the reading of the Torah and good deeds. And the replacement of Passover became perhaps more than anything the Seder meal that Jewish people today partake of. And, and my mind goes back to yesterday and talking to this woman in the parking lot. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the fact that Messiah has come. And I wanted to talk to her about the scripture that we looked at earlier in the service today in Isaiah 53. Did you know that Isaiah 53 is the most quoted Old Testament passage in all of the New Testament. And in Isaiah 53, when the prophet comes to this moment in time of writing his prophecy under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in chapter 53, verse 1, he, he comes to the point of asking a question which had relevance in his day, 750 to 800 years before Christ, but had relevance, of course, as well in the New Testament age, and it has relevance today. And the question that Isaiah 53 poses is, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's the question that Isaiah was asking. Who believes the message that I'm as a prophet speaking? That's what the apostles were saying. Who has believed our message that we as apostles are preaching? That's what we today say as followers of Jesus Christ. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then Isaiah goes on to tell about the message that must be believed. He goes on to say that the message is not an it. The message is not a philosophy of life. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a ritual. The, life, the, the answer to the question, who has believed our message, is the answer is, it's a man. Because in verse 2, after the question is posed, he says, for he grew up like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He grew up. Speaking of Jesus, 800 years before Christ was born, speaking of the humble beginnings that Jesus would have, speaking of how, how isolated and how, how unknown Jesus will be until he, he becomes a, a rabbi in ministry, and speaking of how despised and rejected he will be. For he was despised, verse 3, and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with, with suffering or grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. This is the message that has to be believed. This man, Jesus, that he also, verse 4, was bore, bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, it, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement, the wrath that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. It's all part of the message that must be believed. Isaiah preached it, the apostles preached it, we preach it. It's the message that must be believed. And then the final part of it is, and all we like sheep have gone astray. And each of us has turned our own way, and the Lord God has laid upon this Jesus, 
the iniquity of us all. So do you believe the message? Has the arm of the Lord been revealed to you? The message that this Jesus grew up in isolated, unknown ways and, and, and He became this incredible man of God, this anointed, the Messiah, the one in whom is, is found all the hope of Israel, the one that is despised, was rejected, the one that, as has been shown to us today, the one that faced the aloneness that you and I don't need to face ever because even God the Father turned His back on His only Son. And part of the message is, is admitting and acknowledging that I, like a sheep, have gone astray and I've turned to my own way and, and, and God has laid on Jesus my iniquity. What an incredible message. The message that Good Friday shares. And how I wish I could have a conversation with this woman that I met yesterday at the Dollar Tree store. And I could share with her Isaiah 53. And oh, that she would see and believe this message that Isaiah spoke of. That her scriptures it contained. And how I wish that she could see that Jesus is the Messiah. That He's already come. And that He came not, not to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And He's come not, not to reinstitute animal sacrifice in Jerusalem, nor, but, nor, nor even to reinstitute the, the priesthood and all that they did. For Jesus Christ is the temple in whom we find our fellowship with God. Jesus Christ is the once-for-all sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus Christ is our high priest by whom we can approach God in the throne of grace with confidence. I just would love it for her to know that, as I would love for anyone, everyone to know. This morning, as we continue in our worship time, and as we observe this incredibly important day, and as we think about the, the death of Jesus, it is so appropriate that we share the Lord's Supper, which was inaugurated at Passover that Jesus shared with the disciples. And in a moment, as the worship team comes, we're, they're going to be leading us in worship. And you're going to have an opportunity to share in the meal that Jesus Christ asked us to do in remembrance of Him. In the room today, there are four stations. There are four tables, each corner of the, of the room. And there will be people there that will make available both the bread and the cup. And uh, there's also, once you have partaken of the bread and the cup, uh, there's also a little cross that we want to give to each person today. And that cross we want you to take home and, and, and remind you of the fact that you are not alone. That because Jesus Christ bore the wrath of God the Father, that you don't need ever to be alone. And that the aloneness that Jesus experienced and the sins that He took upon Himself was enough to, to, to make a way for us to be made clean before God. And so the verse that is attached to that little cross is, is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I would encourage you to keep that little cross somewhere close by you so that you are reminded that you're not alone. And so as we partake of the Lord's Supper, there's no rush on this. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. 
Uh, you don't need to line up, just uh, go to one of the four stations where the, the meal is going to be served and take some time to bring your loneliness to God, bring your fears, your anxieties, bring your own heart to God and recognize that in Jesus Christ, you have found all that is needed for peace in your life, peace of God and peace with God. And so may the Lord bless you as you worship with us today and as you partake of the meal in remembrance of Jesus.